Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, it's finally here. We've got football season. we got a game coming up. Isn't it fantastic? It is phenomenal. And I thought for a second you were going to be talking about my new digs, which you can't see because we're on the radio. But, uh, uh, yes, it's final. It's all finally here. All of it that you've all been waiting for is finally here. Stole my thunder there. I was going to mention it, T. Frank. Not only football season, but T. Frank, congratulations. Got the new digs. Such a big day for T. Frank. It had him singing, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, for being a first-time homeowner, by the way, that's what I mean by my new digs, uh, is is a lot of fun if you're into adventures, new experiences, and a bunch of unexpected stuff. So to that point, um, I'm holding my microphone stand because I haven't fully set up my, my studio yet. So uh, if I... I'm building in excuses is what I'm doing. Week one, I'm building in excuses for why I won't be as sharp. But if you hear some poor microphone technique, which, uh, you know, I know that some of my mentors listen to the show. I just want everyone to know it's not my fault, but we'll get it done. <laughs> and we just thought T. Frank was kind of rehearsing for new lead singer for Queen by holding the uh, mic stand. <laughs> he did demonstrate his ability to sing, but he said it only do that for me. And I'd have to bribe him to do that on the air. So we'll hold off on that. One quick announcement for t- for you, T. Frank. Almost every week, our buddies at New Trail release one or two new beers. They're here now, and they're gone by next week. New Trail, they're known for their hazy IPAs and their double IPAs. And they bring out new ones constantly. They also mix in lagers, lemonade-inspired beers, dark beer, Belgian styles, much more. Make sure you ask for what's new wherever you get your new trail and grab them while you can. And I just want to mention, how about this, T. Frank? They'll be coming out in the next few days with their whiteout beer. So I'm sure. Yeah. I was going to say, they probably already have their fall and pumpkin spice latte beers out in August. Actually, they do. I think it just came out. And the the whiteout, it's going to be coming out in the next couple days. First at their tasting room in Williamsport. All right, T. Frank, we got a ball game to talk about. Let's get to that. Before we get to the nitty-gritty on the field, James Franklin met with the media this week. Had a lot of news items come out of there. Probably number one, we have a new QB2. Drew (laughs) Aller. How about it? I was shocked by that, T. Frank, especially for the first game. I mean, here's the true freshman. He's one twisted ankle away from being on the field. Yeah, but so learning experiences, too. I think if he weren't performing well, they wouldn't leave him in there the entire game. They would probably go, okay, two or three drives. If it's not working, we'll go to the the backup backup quarterback. Because, you know, they've seen Christian Bay you play. They know he can operate the offense. Uh, not and, and I'm already raining on the parade. So let me back up. This is big news for Drew Aller because in the spring, everything we had heard and, you know, you watch the blue-white game, blue-white practice, scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, he did not have an impressive day. 
I didn't think that all of those issues were his fault alone. There were some wrong routes that that players ran during that time, but he did struggle when it came to ball placement, decision making, some of those things. But he turned the corner in training camp and he turned the corner so hard that he was able to overtake Christian Veyu apparently in this quarterback competition, which became a competition from Prabula and Aller to then all three backup quarterbacks, according to James Franklin. So that's very fascinating in a couple of different ways, which we can get into. But the main one is the five-star quarterback is ahead of schedule, in my opinion, because I didn't expect him to have a command of the offense good enough to be the backup at this point. And I know fans want to see him be a starter. And I have said all offseason that if, if he is the guy that starts this year, he's an exception to all the rules. He then becomes on the same level as all the quarterbacks that fans want him to be on. So, I mean, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, the mental processing skills necessary to play the quarterback position. Um, I, I make it probably sound harder than it is, but that's to underscore the fact that it is hard. And fans seem, seem to think that all you have to be able to do is throw the football. Knowing where to throw the football is not super easy, but he is a very smart quarterback that operated a more advanced system in high school. And a lot of it was on his shoulders. So that all of that has carried over now that he's gotten a better understanding of the offense, apparently. So these are all really good signs. This is all great news for Penn State football fans. I believe it has to be. We got the impression, or at least I did, T. Frank, that this is a big kid with all the physical tools, yet still raw. It was going to take a while for him to get the, the rest of the aspects of quarterbacking. Yeah. Something must have clicked for him in August for him to leap Christian Vayu or Vayir. And if you have a situation, this is a big game against Purdue. I would think, or I did think that James Franklin would be going by the idea. I already have a guy that I threw out there and succeeded, played well against Rutgers last year. Yeah. I'd rather the devil I know if, if need be. So yeah, it, 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 this came as a shock to me. Couple other uh, announcements from James Franklin, uh, where the position battles. Go sorry, ahead. I, I don't mean to derail us, but there's a, there's one other really important thing I want to point out about this. Uh, what James Franklin said on Monday about the quarterback battle, and this I found I thought about this throughout the day, and then I, I kind of came to this conclusion. We've talked about Jim on this show how the quarterback battle in 2023 is going to take shape in the spring. He said, James Franklin said yesterday, this is a fluid week-to-week decision of who the backup quarterback is, which means the quarterback battle for 2023 has already started. So that is going on right now throughout the year. And obviously, it will take center stage next winter and spring, but you can get a leg up if you're Drew Aller. You can get a leg up if you're if you're Christian Bayou or Bo Prabula in this situation where if you're the the ironclad backup throughout the year and you can take that mantle more times than not, and you can be the guy that goes into the game in situations like against Ohio if Penn State gets up by 35 points, if you're the first guy in and you get to operate with some of those players and you perform well, that's a huge advantage going into next season. And I know that we are on the precipice of the first game this year, but fans, certain percentage of fans that we've talked about, they're already looking forward to that. So it's here now. And James Franklin has basically announced that with this decision. I think that's fascinating. It's going to be a major storyline of who the backup quarterback is this year. But ultimately, if things go well for Penn State, 
you'll never see any of these players in meaningful action. So we make we're, we're it's a it's a big deal, but it's something that if if it's Penn State's having a successful season, it's entirely behind the scenes for the most part, other than, you know, in the games where these players can play up to four games for the true freshmen and whatnot. For the games itself this season, it's not a big deal until it becomes a big deal, meaning yeah. they need that backup in there. And I think uh, some folks think this, and I might be one of them. Christian Vayu goes on portal watch. You yeah, possibly. I, I don't want to put the, I don't want to put that juju out there for Penn State fans or for Christian, who I think is a really uh, a really smart, grounded, mature guy. You know, so I I think that it it would it would be a disappointment if he went on portal watch now when there's still plenty of time and plenty of opportunity for him to become you know, a good quarterback and possibly the starter. Like there's nothing been decided in week one. All right, let's move on to some of the other news. It was fascinating. The emphasis James Franklin put on Katron Allen. We've Mm -hmm. talked so much about Nick Singleton and it seems like game one, not only because we had uh, Kaziah Holmes move on and we have some news there also, but really pointed out, don't forget Katron Allen, and it sounds like both Singleton and Allen will see action in this first game, T. Frank. Yeah, that's something that they've been pretty clear about for the majority of training camp, and and really even before the Gaziah Holmes news, that both these guys were trending in that direction and both were going to play. Uh, and obviously with with the way James Franklin talked about Katron Allen this, this past uh, Monday, it kind of drove that point home. And what he said was, the surprise was not that he was good. The surprise was that he was making big plays. He's he's a game breaker. And part of that is because he was 220 pounds at IMG. He was a power back. So he always was elusive. He always was a guy. And, you know, I talked about him here on the show when I talk about his jump cut and his ability to set up blocks and be very elusive in a sort of Marshawn Lynch-esque way of running, right? So he can he's a big back that can set up, he can he can cut, he can make big plays that way, but he didn't have the overwhelming speed of the Nick Singleton. Well, he dropped about 10 pounds this offseason. And he's he's now 5-11-2-11. So he's a little bit leaner. He is apparently a little more explosive and a lot of those plays where he's making somebody miss, he's now getting those extra yards and he doesn't have to be the speed burner game breaker. He just has to rip off all those runs and get the maximum amount of yards that he can. And with those two guys, you are getting that explosiveness in the passing game that you're looking for. So that that was kind of the the difference of they expected him to be good. They didn't expect him to be as complete of a back, I think, because that was not his profile before. One more note on Keziah Holmes. He is making the transfer to Florida State from his home state down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, do you know, would he be eligible to play this year? I don't believe so. Now, you can you can get a waiver. Uh, I don't know if that waiver works for in-season because other players and quarterbacks have not gotten a waiver to play during the season. So, no, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 100% no. There's always the .01% of something I don't know. In the last minute, we have left a couple other position battles. You could comment on any one of them you want. They talked about rotating the three guards, that they Mm -hmm. all are starters. Um, Elsden and King will both play at middle linebacker, although Elsden will go in there first. And kickers, Pinniger will kick field goals. The kickoff duties are being shared. I know how you love to talk about kickers, T. Frank. 
<laughs> any of this news important enough for you to comment on? So the linebacker, I'm going to leave the linebacker battle alone because there was nothing new there. James Franklin has been pretty clear about how that has been trending and it just stayed that way. The guard situation is new because before it was just the right guard position. But now Hunter Norzad, James Franklin talked about left guard and center. And center is a place that I had been looking at him to start initially if they had kept Juice Scruggs at guard. So there's flexibility there. But adding in Landon Tangwall, that's, that raised my eyebrows a little bit that he's not a locked-in full-time starter. But if he's good enough, Hunter Norzad, that is, to have three guys rotating at those positions and you don't have a drop-off, you know, I think the more the merrier. This is what we talked about of, of competition and increasing the overall production of those interior players this year. That's what we need to see out of this. And I'll just real co quickly comment on kickers, just like quarterbacks, uh, T. Frank. If you've got three kickers, you don't have one, right? <laughs> All right, that's it for quarter number one. We'll get into details of Penn State, Purdue, starting in quarter number two. Stick around. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, this is the moment that you shine. We're ready to go into our scouting report for Purdue. You're going to give our listeners everything they need to know about the Boilermakers, right? I always say to the best of my ability, if like I'm under oath, these are the things I know. I'm not responsible for the things I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get started. Let's kick it off with uh, when Purdue has the ball. Uh, 
let's start with this. You've got a six-year senior at quarterback. Yeah. They lost their star receiver. Last year was a very limited running game. Oh, w- wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was looking at the Penn State notes. Let me, <laughs> let me go to the let me go to the Purdue notes here, uh, T. Frank. Uh, they have a six-year senior at quarterback. They lost their star <laughs> receiver, David Bell, who, by the way, I, I just loved. I thought he was fantastic. And a yeah. year ago, they had a very limited running game. So what can we expect? Let's start with the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, a very accurate passer. What can Penn State expect from him? So this is the most fascinating part of the game. And to me, not to overstate the importance of the quarterback because we always do that, but this is where the game turns. James Franklin, the defenders for Penn State football have all talked about how explosive and aggressive and downfield the passing attack is for Purdue. Purdue likes to throw the football down the field. And I understand that there's a lot of quick game. There's a lot of screens. There's a lot of that stuff. And that's what people have asked me about it. But that don't focus on that. Don't watch where your eye is being drawn to. You got to watch the, the whole picture. And that's the danger of the Purdue offense is Aiden O'Connell. Unlike some guys before him. And, you know, I'm not an expert on David Blau, to be honest with you. But what I saw of Blau versus O'Connell and honestly, O'Connell versus every other quarterback in college for the most part. Aiden O'Connell is what you want out of a college quarterback. He's aggressive with the football. He's fearless, and he'll throw into any window to any receiver at any point of the field if that's the correct read. If he gets a one-on-one on a, a go ball down the sideline, he's going to put it up. Does I, He does not care uh, how good the positioning of the defensive back is. He's going to give his guy a chance in those one-on-one opportunities. So let's, let's paint you a picture with some numbers. So PFF, they have their big-time throws which are the ones I just described down the field. The quarterback is generating big plays for the offense in the big 10 last year. Do you know who the number one player was by almost 10 throws? Cause it wasn't CJ Stroud. It was Aiden O'Connell. He had 37 big time throws according to PFF. That is by far the highest in the big 10. If you go by percentages, you know, you get near 10%. You're an unstoppable wrecking ball of a quarterback. He was 7.8 again, higher than everybody else. CJ Stroud and that offense in Ohio, at Ohio state 5.9%. So we're talking about percentage points better than the best passing offense in the big 10. Uh, but the flip side is Aiden O'Connell is not CJ Stroud. He's also a fifth year player last year versus a redshirt freshman starting for his first time. So he's not the guy that's going to the NFL with all these numbers. So when he gets a little too confident, when he is a little too brash with the football, he will give it away. He led the uh, Big Ten interceptions with 11, tied with Graham Mertz and Talia Tungavaloa. And very similar to Talia, where he's going to put the ball wherever he wants, you know, as far as where the read is, what he wants to do with it. And that is, uh, I think, where Penn State can get Purdue in this situation is make Aiden O'Connell wrong. When he is under pressure, he'll throw the ball. When he's clean, he'll throw the football. He does not care. He's going to throw the football. So put him in bad situations where he makes those mistakes and he throws into windows where maybe it's a little too tight. Maybe he's throwing the ball inside. He has good zip on the ball, but I wouldn't say he has a strong arm. So if he's throwing it out to the far side of the field, if he's making a very long throw in a perpendicular angle, he'll leave it inside sometimes. So be a better defensive back than the receiver. Undercut that route. 
get that football. You can get the football from Aiden O'Connell and Purdue. And if you could do that, you can, um, you know, steal a lot of possessions or at least, you know, one or two possessions for your offense, which is the critical part of this game, because if that happens, I don't know that the Purdue de- defense is going to be stout this year. They were a problem last year, and I know we'll get to that in a second, but um, it all starts with stopping Aiden O'Connell, and that starts with putting him in bad situations and making him that Jekyll and Hyde a little bit here. He's mostly Jekyll, very little Hyde. Bring out the bad, and I think that Penn State can do that. Is there an advantage to Penn State with a new defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, who Purdue has not seen him. They can study Miami tapes, of course. Uh But the fact that Manny Diaz is bringing in some new things to Penn State and Manny Diaz has been described to me as a guy who will mix things up. He will do things to confuse the quarterback, trying to force him into mistakes. Yeah, I think that second part's more important because – that's going to come what you the first part of not knowing Manny Diaz, that's going to come into play in Big Ten East competition where you had years and years of Brent Pry at Penn State. You kind of knew what you were getting there. You knew his personality. Um, Purdue and Penn State don't play enough for that to be, I think, a year to year situation where you have a familiarity on a deeper, more intimate level. So it's all about Manny Diaz confusing Aiden O'Connell and making him wrong. That's hard because he is a very smart quarterback. But the flip side of that is it's a new defense for the Penn State defenders as well. So when you've got a smart quarterback and a very good play caller, a very good passing game coordinator in uh, Jeff Brom, what you can't do is make mistakes and you can't make easy, uh, young, inexperienced player mistakes. So like voiding your zone or not remembering your rules. If they are running a play to target a certain area of the field and take advantage of a certain coverage, you need to make sure if you're a young player that you know the weaknesses and the strengths of and your assignment in the defense. You have to be assignment sound because if you make a mental mistake and there's a coverage bust where you, you, that it, you leave an open part of the field, they're going to attack it, and they will attack it over and over again until you stop it. So the players that play in the secondary, a very deep and talented secondary, but some young players that are very good at getting their hands on the football, a Jalen Reed, a Zaki Wheatley, um, are are you going to trust those guys to be locked into their assignments week one, or are you going to trust the veterans in Keaton Ellis and uh, Tig Brown, obviously, who is the, the headliner of this group, and then the, the corners, you know, All those guys have to be locked in and making sure they are keeping all their assignments buttoned up. And that to me, after after the pressure part, that to me is the biggest part of this game is how quickly has this defense gelled as a unit. If they are where they need to be, I don't think Purdue is going to have a good night because this defense is designed to take advantage of teams that want to throw the football and put them in situations where they're putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, but that requires the pass rush to get home and create that environment and then the defensive backs to take advantage of those footballs. So that's going to give us a barometer. I think this is going to be a huge barometer of where Penn State is in their development of their defense under Manny Diaz. Somewhere along the line when Manny Diaz, I guess the question was talking about good pass coverage, and he said the best pass coverage is putting pressure on the quarterback. When you go into a game like this, against a veteran quarterback like O'Connell, 
Do you say, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to make mistakes. We'll rush for, have plenty of guys in coverage. Or are you thinking, wait a minute, we better send more people. We have to have maybe some exotic blitz. We got to show him things he hasn't seen before and yeah. put pressure on the quarterback. And I know you, you, you're going to do some of both. Right. What is right. your mindset? What are you thinking is the what, the better way to go? So I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but I've done that all offseason about Manny Diaz, that he is not a patient person. So he's not going to be waiting around rushing four unless those four are wreaking havoc. And then if that's the case, he'll throw in some well-timed blitzes and some creative stunts and pressures. But he's not waiting around for anybody. He's going to get pressure on the quarterback and the secondary has to hold up. They have to be in position. And that is something he talked about in depth about the synergy and the, and the way you have to play together on defense is just so different that you have to have a pass rush to protect your corners and your secondary, but your corners and secondary have to make plays. You can't be an all American corner and uh, guard for four and a half seconds every play. Like, that's just an unreasonable, unrealistic fate for any player uh, in college football. So he was very aware of um, the importance of stopping big plays by not making mistakes and being in the right position if you're in the secondary. But when it comes to if you make a mistake up front, um, the mistake you can't make is being blocked because you've got to win your one-on-ones. That's another thing that we talk about. We don't talk about enough when we talk about blitzing and pressure. Part of it is if you can get a free rusher, that's great. And if you're going to be sending your will linebacker and your Mike linebacker on a cross stunt, what you're hoping is that they're going to, there's going to be a, a mental error on the other side of the ball and the center or the guard isn't going to pick up one of the linebackers. What it also does is it forces the offensive line and the pass protectors into one-on-one situations. They can't double team everybody. So Hakeem Beeman or Adisa Isaac or Nick Tarburton, any of these players, when you get a one-on-one, you have to win some of them. You cannot be inefficient in that area because if you are, you give O'Connell a clean pocket. You give the offense a better picture to throw into because there's less people in the secondary. Even if it's, I, I've said this a thousand times, even if it's a zone coverage, even if you're not covering man on man, if you've only got four or five guys back there and they send four or five into the pass pattern, that's one-on-one. And you are going to give up some of those plays. So pressure when it comes to, and this is this is why Adisa Isaac has to be good out of the gate. Because I don't know that we've gotten the vibe that Chop Robinson is going to be that guy right away. And a five-star freshman uh, in Deny Dennis Sutton is still a freshman. And I don't want to put that expectation of being the leader of the defense up front in pressure on him in week one on the road at Purdue. So... When it comes to edge pressure, which is the most reliable form of pressure, it's the easiest place to get there because there is less opportunity for for double teams. It's Adiza Isaac time. He's had four years of being on the roster. He We don't know a whole lot about him other than he's explosively fast. He needs to show us what he is in game one. Because if he can lead the pass rush and he can be a facsimile of Arnold Ebikidi from last season, doesn't have to be a one-for-one uh, replacement. Penn State's in great shape. That is one of the big variables. A lot of new players up front, T. Frank. Uh, hopefully we'll see something good from those defensive ends. That is it for quarter number two. And our look at the game with Purdue having the ball and Penn State on defense. 
Quarter number four, we'll flip that around. But first, quarter number three, we're going to take your questions. We're going to ask T. Frank, and we've got a real interesting Ask T. Frank segment this week. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at W.R. Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante with T. Frank Carr, and it's quarter number three. You know what that means? It's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football or recruiting questions. If you want to submit a question, real easy, just download our app, Keystone Sports, and you'll see the Ask T. Frank button there. Hit that, and away you go. The winner of today's Ask T. Frank segment, they'll receive a copy of Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. That's available now at whypennstate.com. You can also get it at Amazon or wherever you get your books. It features a lot of great stuff, rare photos, original essays, and especially an emphasis on the decade of the 80s. That's when Penn State became what we know as Penn State. T. Frank, you ready to roll? Let's do it. Those of you who are regular listeners, remember that last week, we'll bring you up to date, we got a question from Matt from Altoona. And here's what Matt said last week, T. Frank. T. Frank, excluding recruiting, I feel that Penn State's coaching staff, including James Franklin, is subpar when it comes to scheming, preparation, and game day decisions and adjustments. Where do you rank Penn State's coaching staff among the Big Ten? 
we then talked about that, and you maybe jumped on Matt from Altoona a little bit. So Matt wanted to respond this week. You ready sure. for his response? Sure. Matt said, hey, guys, I don't think you guys understand the difference between asking T. Frank what his thoughts are on Coach James Franklin and his coaching staff being subpar. Never did I say in the question that Franklin should be fired or replaced. Most coaching staffs across the country are subpar or that all be winning 10 games a season. My question, uh, where does T. Frank think they rank among Big Ten staffs? So guys, do not spin. What do you think of Matt's response there, T. Frank? His original question started with, I think James Franklin sucks, essentially, is is how the question started, which leads us down a different path. Um, here, okay, you're talking about the coaching staff, so let's discuss everyone that isn't James Franklin. Um, Mike Yersich is in his second season at Penn State. Manny Diaz is in his first season at Penn State as the coordinators and the and the head coaches of their sides of the football. I don't know that we have enough information about them, especially Mike Yersich. And I've gone into painful detail of explaining why I don't think that Mike Yersich had his full complement of plays, designs, schemes, all those things last year to be a successful offensive coordinator in that environment and that he was coaching to survive, not coaching to thrive because of the players and the, the, the mismatch of scheme and talent. So we'll have, uh, and from what I've seen on film, I was more impressed with what he could do previously at other places than what I saw last season. It did not look the same last season as it did previously. So this year, does he have the talent and an offensive line that has three new starters to do what he wants to do from a run and pass perspective? I believe he does. I believe this year the talent is better. It's young, so there's going to be some mistakes. Uh, you know, talking about Hunter Norzad coming in and being a guy that's going to be a a splitting reps with Landon Tangwall and Salim Warmly. You can look at that two ways, that there aren't two guards that are worthy of starting, or there are three. And we'll find out pretty quickly which one that is. But Olufashanu, super talented. I know you've had guys on here that have talked about him glowingly. And I want to see game one. I want to see a full Big Ten game before I make my assessments. But I'm having a hard time not being excited about his potential as well. I think he can be better than Rashid Walker in year one. That is where his talent dictates we start the conversation. And then his ability to play within the scheme in year two is going to determine how that floor and the ceiling, you know, where we land there. So that's the offensive line in a nutshell again. Um. And when you have a better situation and better players, then you have a better outcome. And let's also consider that in these situations that we've talked about Penn State, um, Sean Clifford has been the quarterback the last uh, three seasons. Yeah, three seasons. Most Penn State fans that don't like James Franklin also don't think that Sean Clifford is a good quarterback. So those variables remain the same. James Franklin has had three quarterbacks his entire career at Penn State. Uh, one of them has been proven to be a winner. The other the one has not. And we now have more evidence that the second, the third player in that line of players 
is not a winner as opposed to is a winner. He can change that narrative this year by having a winning season and he'll be two he'll be two and two as far as winning seasons and losing seasons at Penn State. So with all of that information in mind, from an offense perspective, I don't think we have enough information to really make a determination of how good or bad the offensive staff is at game planning and execution. It was not good enough last season. Understood. It was year one, and we have seen all of those things play out over time. Defensively, Manny Diaz has been a successful defensive coordinator and an unsuccessful head coach in his career. How quickly he can get those players to play well and in the scheme that is similar but not the same as Brent Pry's team. We're going to find out a lot about that. But as far as the uh, positional coaches, I think Taylor Stubblefield is a great recruiter and I think he is a great teacher. I've watched him teach guys. I've, I've been you know up close enough to watch him teaching everybody from prospects to his players and, and uh, pro days and things like that. I think he's got skills. You know, I like personally, I like the way that Phil Troutwine communicates. I would learn well from Phil Troutwine. Does that mean that he is perfect for everybody? I don't know that, but what I think he's a good coach and he's proven to be a guy that gets along and recruits well. And when you get better talent, everything looks better uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And we, what we're doing then is we're going through every single position coach and saying, are they good or are they not good? And, you know, I don't want to go through every single one of them. But I think that the staff that James Franklin has amassed are both recruiters and good positional coaches. Anthony Poindexter, Terry Smith, all of these guys have proven at one stop or another they can find and develop talent. There were a couple bad years. James Franklin acknowledged that they didn't have enough depth to create competition, to create success over the last couple of years. And he said on Monday, I think we're, we are back to that position. We're back to that position where we have players pushing players to make everybody better. Um, so when it comes to game day decisions, I understand that when to punt and when to go for it and what plays to call in what situations, fans are very into those decisions. I look at the bigger picture of the game plan. I look at the bigger picture of what are they trying to accomplish and then when the plays they're trying to run before those situations don't work, I take those into account as well in terms of this was a good plan. They had the right decisions, but they couldn't execute it. So I don't put as much stock on those decisions as fans do, right or wrong. So I don't think that James Franklin, and, and we'll go back to him here, I don't think that James Franklin is as bad of a coach as everyone else thinks he is. Is he average? or slightly below average as a game day coach? Maybe. But I think the overall totality of what he does, game plans, decisions, systems, players, I mean, he got Penn State into a very good position much quicker than everybody else expected in 2016 through 2019. That 2019 team arrived a year early. 2020 was supposed to be the year with OA and Parsons and Journey Brown and all those players. They got there a year early, and they came up just short a year early. The year they were supposed to be great, everything fell apart because of COVID. And they have had to adjust and recover through coordinator changes and all of those things. This is going to be a reset year. Where they land here is going to determine a lot of this conversation. T. Frank, I just want to add in, uh, I believe every fan base criticizes their own coach for any game day decision that does not work. Yeah, I'm going to use Nebraska as an example 
where Scott Frost is absolutely getting crucified for his onside kick that didn't work. Yeah. I bet you if it worked, he would have been called a genius for it. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to tie in another question here. Um, Steve from Columbia. Now, uh, I should add, after uh, Matt's question from last week, we read a question from Jimmy from Forest City who said, gee, let's turn this around. And T. Frank, why don't you ask the listeners a question? And you use Matt's question from Altoona to ask about James Franklin. And we have several responses here. Um, Let me hit one from Steve from Columbia. Understand your response to the frequent James Franklin game day coaching questions. I am one who also says he's not a good game day coach. But I believe many of these criticisms come from the many Paterno followers. There was no better game day coach than Joe. Maybe Joe at his best was before your time, you whippersnapper. But can you <laughs> comment? Now, I think that's a little no. tongue-in-cheek. But, yes, but, but let, let me... Let me, let me okay. well, before you start, I want to give my quick Joe Paterno story. For those who don't remember, prior to the 94 undefeated team, the prior year, Citrus Bowl. Uh, Penn State has the ball on the 15-yard line, time running out in the first half, 10 seconds left. They have a couple shots into the end zone where they could throw the ball. He chooses to run the ball. As Mm -hmm. soon as he hands it off to Kajana Carter, I went crazy. What are you doing? Except uh, Kajana Carter ran in for the touchdown. So Joe was a genius because it worked. Right. And that's and if you're going to make a lot of game day decisions, you're going to make some mistakes. So yeah. that's my point. No matter who the coach is, uh, go ahead. You could comment on that, uh, T. Frank. Well, I mean, just. Yeah, I don't have the reference point of 1994. I was four years old, so I don't have the, the 1980s to go off of or to talk about. J- Joe Paterno was one of the greatest coaches of all time from a record standpoint, from all of the things that we discuss and and the the legend that he built was earned through great decisions. Um, it doesn't mean that James Franklin is the worst game day coach in the history of sports, which we, we do this comparative thing, right? We do this comparative thing all the time. Um, so my recollection of Joe Paterno is at the end where he was making decisions I disagreed with. I called it the run, run, pass, bun offense in 2011, I think it was, where they, they just they spread offense, run the ball three times, try to throw it on third down. You get pressure. It's an obvious situation. Everyone knew you were going to do that, and then they punted. So, yeah, I have a different perspective of Joe Paterno, obviously, at the end. So, yeah, I, I we don't have those sort of things. All right, I'm cutting you short, T. Frank, because that's the end of the segment. We'll name our winner in quarter number four. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galanti along with T. Frank Carr. It's game week. This first game is on the road at Purdue. Following week, Penn State has their home opener. That means it's time for football and tailgating. And no better way to go than with GoPSURV.com. This is where you drive your car to Happy Valley. They have an RV set up and all ready and waiting for you. And this year, Keystone Sports, we're teaming up with GoPSURV.com to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for either Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV for the weekend. That's 500 bucks off. Great deal. All you got to do is call Mark at 800-519-8467. Make sure you tell him you want the KSN RV special. All right, T. Frank, we got to quickly follow up on our discussion from quarter number three. We yeah. need to pick out a winner. The segment yeah. was all about Matt. So who's our yeah. winner? Well, Matt is our winner. And this is why. So so to follow up with last week and this week and put a bow on this. The reason I don't like engaging with the is James Franklin a good coach is because it's a 12 minute and 57 second conversation, which was the entirety of the time we talked about it. We only talk about that particular question when we engage with it. So that's why I don't like engaging with it normally. Uh, but Matt, you win this week because we took the entire segment to talk about is James Franklin a good coach uh, and not at, not get into some of the nitty gritty details and some of the things that I think, you know, paint the picture around that question so that you can draw your own conclusion with the information about other things. But anyway, Matt, you are our winner and uh, I bow to you 
as the person who asks the most engaging question because we do have to engage with it and it is a long conversation. I'm even taking an extra two minutes to 10 seconds to talk about it here. <laughs> it, 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 we did certainly engage in it. And I also want to mention again, Steve, who said, you know, James Franklin uh, is not a great game day coach when you compare him to Joe Paterno, which other people did. I gave the, I cherry picked an instance where Joe Paterno was smarter than the rest of the world. Before anyone sends me the comment about gooming over the top, hey, there's an example that he was human also. My references to the national championship game where James Franklin just chose to send the running back right up the middle over and over again against Alabama. And by the way, they did not score and lost that game by a touchdown. All right. In quarter number two, we talked about this Purdue-Penn State game when Purdue has the ball. Now let's talk about when Penn State has the ball. And mm -hmm. as Penn State fans, we are really curious to see what we got at running back, what the offensive line is going to look like. And, you know, who better to talk to than you about this, T. Frank? Because we've got the new or the second year offensive coordinator in Mike Yursich. What is this attack going to look like from Penn State against Purdue? So let's start with Purdue's defense. I, I described them earlier this week, their defense from a year ago, as nondescript. Mm -hmm. How would you describe Purdue's defense and what's Penn State looking at? Uh, I, I would actually go the other way and say that they were very interesting in a lot of ways because they were not an aggressive defense until they were. So, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator and the defensive system last year was a lot of cover three, cover four, soft covered shells, and kind of keep a lid on it, right? They are built for their offense to be the star. But what they did last year that was very interesting is when they got into obvious passing situations, instead of doing that, right, instead of just maintaining that coverage shell, this is something James Franklin talked about at uh, his press conference on Monday, is they play a lot of cover zero, which means they are sending... 14 people and the drum and and the 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 boiler maker the everything after the quarterback they are throwing everything at the quarterback there is no safety help cover zero means there's zero deep help so like i said with the offense in quarter number 1 what that does is it overloads the protection so you have to throw the ball immediately or else you're going to get a free runner. But the other thing it did, and I think this is what really set it apart, is you can't double-team George Karloftis at that point. He is one-on-one -on -one with your tackle, and he's going to win because he was a big, violent, strong, explosive player. Maybe not the fastest guy in the world, but great quickness, uh, enough explosiveness in the first step, and just unblockable with his hands and, and you know all of it, right? So now that's gone. So the only thing they have left is overload the protection. Well, what happens if you pick it up? Now you have no safety help and guys running in the secondary. To me, that's the biggest difference is, are they going to do that? Do they have a guy that can kind of like Arnold Ebikidi and Adisa Isaac, a, a replicable sort of somebody who you have to pay attention to? I don't see it. The one guy that I've pointed out that I think is a 
pass rushing specialist uh, specialist is Scotty Humpich. He is a Murray State transfer. And I truthfully, I don't know the guys that haven't played. Like I know George Karloftis, his brother is on the team. I don't have any film of him to see and to know. And, you know, like that's the that's the great unknown. But the guys that played last year, they're all good run stuffers, physical that's the other thing that this Purdue defense likes to do is they like to stop the run and put you in those passing situations so they can then throw the house at you. I just don't think they can do that this year. A lot of their secondary is back and their secondary was terrible last year was just bad. Um, so when it comes to what they are, I think it's very defined, but what are they going to do this year? Cause I just don't think that that system and that game plan is going to work because the, everything flows from the defensive line. They have good defensive tackles. Number 90 is a good nose tackle. Branson Dean, I think he's 58. Uh, the other, th- the three technique, he's a really good player. Um, but that's one player now. Instead of having him, Karloftis, and the other guy, number 15, who is also a good pass rusher, the, you know, you've, you've lost that. Can you replicate that system and that scheme? Because that kept them in a lot of games. I don't see that. So I think Penn State is going to have a balanced attack. I think we're going to see what Mike Yersich wants to be as an offensive coordinator. I think he's going to have a couple of options in this game. So that's how I see this playing out. One of the things that we keep hearing about from last year's team was they needed to establish the run. Even if they weren't successful running the ball, you got to keep running because you've got to establish it. I'm not sure in today's game that really is the case. You have to establish the running game. And the other part of this, too, T. Frank, is if you're calling RPOs, the defense is dictating whether you run the ball or pass the ball based on how how they defend it. So how do you respond to this, boy, we're going to need to establish the run? I think that became a narrative as the season went on and it wasn't working. And they became more pass heavy. And then you become predictable. And you, you're putting Sean Clifford in a situation where he had to do everything. And if you don't work on something, you don't get better at it. And that is absolutely true. Um, so you put in the emphasis to be good at running the ball in the offseason. You put in the emphasis to be good at running the ball in recruiting and with all of those things. Right. I don't think you need to establish the run. What you need to do is be able to run. And. If there is a difference I've heard from James Franklin and him talking about those things. And uh, by the way, he's much more old school than you might hear from his offensive coordinator who says yards per carry is the most important thing. If you run it 15 times, you better get 115 yards. Um, You have to be efficient with the ball. And I agree with Mike Yersich in that area. That being said, you cannot paint yourself into a corner. You have to find a way to run the football. And going back to Purdue's offense, they do anything and everything to try and run the football in creative ways because they don't have a great offensive line to run block and get plays and yards. And that last year was what they did is they found a little bit of balance with two tight end sets, a running quarterback and, you know, sweeps, pitches, things like that. Just every creative wrinkle they could find. This season, if Penn State's offensive line is better and the left side looks pretty good, they've got depth on the interior, they should be able to run the ball in a traditional sense, especially against this particular unit. Because after you get past the starters, I don't like the depth of this team. I don't like the depth of what I saw last year. They lost some of it. And that's, again, you don't know what you don't know going into week one of which players have made a a step forward. Cole Brevard is over there as a nose tackle, but... I don't like any of the depth of what I've seen. I think you can run on these guys. I think even the starters, you know, 
Dean, the, the three technique, he's 278 pounds. If you get a good double team on him, and I think they should be able to do that this year, you can move him off the ball. They'll give up yards. So Mike Yersich should be able to run anything he wants this season because his talent can run it and they've been in the system long enough. They have enough synergy. Gosh, I sound like I'm doing a corporate PowerPoint. They have enough understanding between the offensive line, the quarterback, the tight ends, the running backs are better this year. I just think that all sets up for them to be a better team offensively where Sean Clifford isn't dropping back 49 times a game. And if he is, you know, I will be disappointed. I will be disappointed in what I thought was a good offense and a good option for this team to take a step forward and play better, smarter football. All right, T. Frank, we've got almost two minutes left. It's time for your prediction for the game, and it's time for your bold prediction. By the way, Penn State currently is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay. So I after, after everything I just said about Penn State is going to be better on offense this year, I just have a hard time going over 30 points (laughs) just because like it was, it was a concussive force of disappointment last year, but I am going to be brave here. And this is not my bold prediction. I'm going to be brave. And I'm going to say that this game is 35. Penn State gets to 35 in this game. I think it's 35, 28, somewhere in there. Cause Purdue's going to get some points. They're going to get some yards. They're going to get some points, but I think Penn state, whatever points they need to get in this game to win, they're going to get them. Very good. So we still need your bold prediction then. My bold prediction is that it's not going to be a duel of six-year quarterbacks. It's not going to be Sean Clifford versus Aiden O'Connell because Penn State's going to have more balance on offense. They're going to be able to run the football. So that means Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, and uh, Kevon Lee are going to be a big factor in this game, and they're going to produce yards, and somebody's going to rip off a big run. There's just too many leaky holes in this Purdue defense, the corners are not good in run support. They're not good in coverage. And I'm not trying to be abusive to them. I'm just factually stating what I saw on film. They will make mental mistakes with their gap assignments from last year. And I just think there's more opportunity for big runs this year. And Penn state's going to hit them in this game, which is going to be the difference that Sean Clifford doesn't have to carry the load and they'll be able to win in efficient and maybe even entertaining brand of football. That will be a nice change for Penn State fans that'd love to see it, see the running game uh, contribute. Enjoy the game, folks. Thursday night is the opener. We'll be back on Friday with our take, win or lose. Hope you enjoy the game. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us on Friday for the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. 
over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones, lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others, local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.